Join the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at the Warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orm. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Question of the morning. Utes, Cougars, who would have won when they played tonight? Of course, they're not playing tonight, but they were supposed to play tonight. And who would win? Larry says, duh, Utah. Witt doesn't lose to BYU anymore. Utah, despite losing a ton of production, is still miles ahead of BYU in the talent department. No brainer. That's selling it hard right there, PK. No wayer. Dan says, guys, what difference at this point does it really make? Makes all the difference in the world. How's you can't that? sleep without knowing. <laughs> Pretty well, actually. This is this is life. This is real life. This is what it's about. You kidding me? BYU, Utah, line up, mono mono, whatever the heck that means. <laughs> I don't speak German. Utah, Tony says, Utah would have won. BYU lost one of their best offensive weapons this week. Utah may have lost a lot of seniors, but we have a ton of talent in our freshmen, sophomore, and junior classes. We've proven each year we win the game due to superior talent. Talent doesn't always win. We've seen more talented teams get upset. It happens every year. happens every month. probably happens every week. Every day. Keep going. You're hot. Nope. Without <laughs> Mac action. Maction. I need the Maction on Tuesday and Wednesday. And I don't always get it. So not every day. Well, you know, that's the great thing about football. Maybe it's the bad thing, depending on what your uh, perspective is. But you can dominate and not win a game. And there's very few. I think soccer and football, you can dominate and not win the game. Yes. In the other sports, you dominate, you win, you win the, game. the game. Yeah, if you dominate a basketball game, you win it. Yeah. And so we've seen that. We've seen lesser teams. Explain to me how the Sun Devils, on a five-game losing streak, uh, go and knock off Oregon, which was on a nine-game winning streak. Talent? Wait. I mean, you got to have talent, obviously. you got to <laughs> have talent. But, but not more talent. talent. But they didn't have yeah. more talent. No. And then two weeks later, the Ducks just cream the Utes, and the Utes had pretty well owned the Devils a few weeks before that. That's just an example off the top of my head. It was late in the season. That's why I bring it up. Uh, and so you can't explain that and just say, well, talent. Yeah, well, everybody has talent to one degree or another. Cougars have talent. But do they have more talent? Does Utah? Okay, yeah. But does that mean that they're going to win? And Utah's talent this year, how much of it was bona fide proven at its premium, its best well, that it, it's going to get as, in college. As soon as you throw in proven, it's not. I mean, the, the, defensively, there's too many starters gone. It's not proven. It may be talent. It may be big-time talent. It may be future NFL guys, and they may hit the ground running. But you couldn't sit here on the morning of the opener and say they were proven because they were behind too many guys going to the NFL last year. So, not proven. Yeah, you take a look at, uh, let's just go... Uh, U of A basketball last year. I've used this analogy many times. They're going to have three guys get drafted. Devil's not going to have anybody get drafted, but they had a guard, Remy Martin, in the backcourt from Arizona is going to get drafted. And Remy Martin put his name in, got no interest coming back for his senior year. 
but yet, at least in Tempe anyway, he outplayed those guys because he had three years of experience, and those guys were just rooks, just barely getting started. And I think that, you know, with the Utes having, there's no question they got talent because Kyle had said that this recruiting class was the best. And when he says that, that is something that I take to the bank because this guy as Italian talent evaluator is just incredible. But you need that talent to mature a little bit, and you wonder if that, you know, what level in the first game. And it was, and would have been, would have been so cool is that it was a huge game. It wasn't a you know break-in game against a big sky or lower level Division One. It was a big emotional game. It always is for those folks who say that the rivalry they're past it. Yeah, except you're not. <laughs> you may want to be, but you're not because it's. A huge game when it's played. Too much so you joy how taken. Those guys too much would joy. Have been able. Too much joy taken in the winning streak. You're not past oh, it. You're man. enjoying the winning streak too much. Oh, you're reveling in it, as you should, man. Absolutely, I would be reveling in it if I were you. In fact, it would bring me great joy, especially if I'm like 45, 50 years old, and I can remember back when I was a youngster when the tables were turned. And now it's reversed, and I would just think that's just awesome. To own a rivalry, it's not the same as winning the Pac-12, but that's what, that's what separates this rivalry is that there's so much at stake. There's, is there any other rivalry this intense in the same market but not in the same conference? Uh, no. I mean, I'm thinking of all the in-state games. Well, does Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Atlanta count? I mean, I don't know. That would be the one, maybe, I guess. Uh, I don't know the geography of Clemson, South Carolina, honestly. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State are not in the same, I mean, they're in the same state. Is that the market? The whole state is the market. Louisville well, and Kentucky. To extent it is. Louisville and Kentucky are 90 minutes apart. But here we're in our faces. Yep. Constantly. Just every little thing is obsessed by the other thing and you got the basketball going on there and you know the 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 punch and the stopping of the game and all that stuff and just it's just awesome and you you just look at the the huntsman center this year when was when was it it's most electric well i would have to say when they beat byu did they beat them in overtime is like did that game go ot if i remember correctly you are correct Uh, yeah. yeah Yeah, and so this this is just an awesome, awesome rivalry that they're not even in the same conference, but yet we bump into each other all the time. Speaking, you know, a little poetic license there. It's just, it's just so freaking fun, and I, and I gotta say, I'm sad that the game is not being played. I I want to be in Rice Eccles Stadium tonight. I think I may just go up there and just sit in the stadium and just yell obscenities too. Cougar fans. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. When I was a kid and the Chargers went to the playoffs the first time and immediately lost, a columnist went to the empty stadium. Well, who knows if he literally did, but wrote about the empty stadium on the day of the AFC title game and how melancholy it was and how the game should have been there. And yeah, you should do it, PK. You, you get, you know, you get like 50,000 clicks there. Yeah, and you're getting yeah. a buck a click, right? Oh, as far as writing it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm obscenely rich, but yet I'm like the fourth richest guy on the staff. Let you know what some of our guys have been able to make or inherit or, or no, no, I mean make on their own. You know, you know how that goes. 
<laughs> Troublemaker. <laughs> Today was supposed to be the BYU-Utah game. Who would have won and why? Snowman says, he tweeted at us, BYU won due to forfeit. The streak is over. Can't cancel, not forfeited, but, you know, if you want to take that and run with it. Yeah, you know, it's what you said uh, yesterday, you know, about the Big uh, Big Ten presidents. They you know they had three uh, people who voted against uh, not having the season. You said uh-huh. they, they got to change their mind. and That's... Regarding the Pac-12, too, I wonder how many of them really have to change their mind. How many of them really think that, well, wait a second, what are we doing here? But they can't say it publicly. They've got to show a uniform face, particularly in the Pac-12, because the reality, and it's my conference, and it does bother me. I'd be lying if I said it didn't. Uh, there's no Power Five conferences gets dumped on more nationally than oh, the Pac-12. I was telling, I don't know if you saw it or heard it because you listen to the podcast, but Tony Kornheiser on uh, Pardon the Interruption crushed the Pac-12 for about six seconds and moved on to college football. He was talking about the Big Ten when the story broke that, well, maybe they're coming back at Thanksgiving, right? He says, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. the two leagues aren't playing, but the Pac-12, nobody cares. You know, he's getting into his whole, uh, you know, new, he's from New York. He's lived in D.C. forever. He's getting the whole I-95 jersey attitude thing going. Yeah, Pac-12, yeah. nobody cares. How many teams anybody wants to watch? Now, the Big Ten, that's a big deal. And I'm like, wow, just six seconds to annihilate the Pac-12 and then move it on. Well, I definitely think there's an East Coast bias there, and the Pac-12 has provided some level of evidence and ample ammunition there. I think it's overstated a little bit, but I'm biased. I'll be the first to admit that. I believe everyone has biases, and if they don't, they're full of crap when they tell you that they're fully objective. I don't think there's a such thing as 100% objective. I think everyone has biases to one degree or another, and I've got a bias towards the Pac-12. I've got no problem admitting that. I've been in this conference long before any Ute has been in it. So I get it, though. We're providing Tony with a fair amount of ammunition. So there's no way that this conference could have come out and been uh, fractionalized. But the Big Ten can get away with it, especially Ohio State. I mean, they can come out and say whatever they want, and no one's going to think twice. I mean, they've owned that football conference. They are the big dog. And there's a lot of big dogs in that conference, but they're the biggest dog out there for sure. But I wonder, because, you know, I, I had discussions. I talked to people. They tell me stuff. And when this first started, I had more than one tell me, you know, I think there's somewhat of a political angle to this. And people are making political statements using us as sort of, uh, what would you say, pawns? Yeah. To what degree or, uh, you know, I can't say. Is it 100%? Is it 15%? You know, even if it's a small percentage, it still bugs me uh, as far as that goes. So uh, you wonder... How many people from the Utah perspective? Now, obviously, for just the sake of just pure football, everybody wants the game to be played tonight. We understand that. But when you factor in this other stuff, if they think, you know, what are we doing here? Why did we do this? What is what is the best? Particularly as this other stuff goes off. And I really hope, but I know I'm naive in thinking, that there's people who don't think that the leagues who are starting actually fail. Because then what you're saying is, well, I want kids and coaches and whatnot to get infected or whatever you would say as well, far as that's, the COVID thing, which that's is awful. A, that's already happened. They're, they're not stopping, PK. I mean, these three leagues are going to play. I don't, I don't know. I don't follow the Sun Belt. I think they're going to play, but uh, whatever. Conference USA, I'm not following them. But the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC, 
follow the money. There's a lot of money at stake. And if you thought they were going to stop, you would think, well, if they got an outbreak, right? If they had 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 tests. Well, we saw LSU had 30. And we've seen plenty of other schools that have had 10, 15, or 20. And they played through that. So what are they stopping for? Well, I don't because think they, they have think, played through it, though. Well, they, they, they're continuing. They practice. They've practiced through it, and they're planning. But that's planning. a different thing than a game. They're planning. I, I think they're going to play. You know, you asked me earlier, remember when you asked me uh, what percentage chance you think that this whole season goes off as planned? And I said 10 or 20, you know? And right now, I would say for those three leagues, 80 or 90. I mean, I don't think we're going to have... 20 people hospitalized. I could be wrong, right? This is my first pandemic. What do I know? But it doesn't seem like it happens at those numbers to people in this age group. Right. Okay. But so, and now could someone be hospitalized? Yes. Could someone die? Yes. Do I think they're going to stop? No. I, at this point, I think it would take, I think it would take 20 people being hospitalized or something like that before it would grind. It seems like there's so much momentum. And the thing is, it's not just a health thing anymore. People have staked out their ground. And you're right, deep down, I wonder, if how could there not be? There's so many people involved, right? Somebody in the Big 12 or the ACC or the SEC, there must be somebody thinking, I wonder if we should really do this. And in the Big 10 and the Pac-12, there must be somebody thinking, I wonder if we did the right thing. Because it's everybody's first pandemic. How can you absolutely positively know what's going to happen next? But people have staked out their ground, and they don't want to admit they're wrong, and they're already powering through stuff that I thought might delay or stop it. So at this point, I think, well, the people who are going are just going to power through, and the people who are stopped, I don't think they're going. I disagree. Really? Because, yes, because I don't necessarily think it has anything to do with football. Now, if it was just exclusively related to football, I agree well, with you 100%. Well, it doesn't. It's, it's money, and there's ego, and for some but people I, I, I'm there's I'm talking problem. about away from the football program. Yeah, I am too, but there's, there's... In high school here, if you have, I've been told, if you have 15 kids, they're going to go to online. Right. So I've if we have a big breakout, whatever that big breakout is, you can... Uh, draw the bar wherever you want or set it wherever you want. The point is, if they can't have anybody on campus or they decide this is not the way to go, then I think, man, all this media and all this pressure, these kids are amateurs, blah, 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 blah. And I think they're going to just pound on that. And these administrators are so sensitive because it's supposed to be an academic institution. All the presidents got their jobs because they had phenomenal academic records, not athletic records. They're not higher paid athletic directors they're academic folks with doctorates and all sorts of degrees and qualifications so they're going to face all this pressure regarding academics and you can you can't do this over here but you can do this over there nah that's where i worry about having it shut down Hmm. all right dj and pk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone Coming up, everything we've been talking about in this show. We'll get you all caught up to speed. If you're joining us late, you missed Riley Jensen and Craig Bowlerjack talking college football and jazz basketball. We will get to that next. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Butter baseline, step back for the win, and he is fouled. He, fouled. he is fouled, Jimmy Butler, and he'll go to the line. Jimmy Butler got fouled and a chance to win it at the free throw line with no time left on that clock. I have seen everything. <laughs> for the win at the free throw line. Oh! Got it to go. Oh, it rolled on off the front of the rim and down and in. I thought it was going to pop out. Oh, my goodness. Jimmy trying to make it two, and he does, and that is the ball game. Westbrook with a deflection, poked it right back to Gilgis Alexander. He finds Dort, shoots for three, blocked by Harden. Jordan picks it back up, tried to throw it back off to of James, and it went out of bounds with five-tenths of a second to go. Offensively, I put it like, <laughs> excuse my language, but I couldn't make a shot. All right, there it is. The night in the NBA, and PK, that was James Harden at the end, after a 4-for-15 shooting performance, but he blocked the game-winning shot, so they win, they advance, they're into the second round to play the Lakers, and Oklahoma City's leaving the bubble. Uh, but at the very start there, the announcer, with no time on the clock, he sounded like you running out of air. He did. I don't know why he thought that was uh, something that he'd never seen before. We've seen that. Now, I think what was bizarre was on the – uh, other teams' possession that they got fouled, or in the uh, Miami, yeah, the Miami game with uh, Milwaukee, they called a foul. Who was it? Middleton on Drogic? Was that who it was? Uh, so he goes to the yes. line shooting three, and they're down by three. I thought both those calls, man. I don't have any problem. I know that some people disagree with this, but for me, I don't have a problem thinking. What is a foul in the first quarter isn't a foul at the end of the game. And I know a foul is a foul is a foul. I call BS on that. Okay, but that foul on Dragic wasn't a foul in the first quarter. I, I, I you, agree with you. You got to give them. You got to give the shooter room to come down. Right, getting underneath the shooter, they can wreck an ankle or a knee. Getting underneath the shooter, that's a dangerous play. That can't well, he happen. Didn't move. But he didn't move. That's a case of shooting and jumping forward as you shoot. He's well, got I didn't the right. Think there was much contact. There was a little bit of contact, but it was a no-call. It was a no-call. It was a no-call 10 times out of 10 in the first quarter. That was a no-call. To your point earlier in the show, the night before we see the Jazz and the Nuggets beating the crap out of each other. That's the way you referee a seventh game of a playoff. When Rudy's going nuts, you're like, Rudy, it's the second half of Game 7. They're not calling it. But it occurred to Rudy running down the floor, so he hammered Jokic three times in five seconds and figured, well, they're not going to call it. And he was right. They didn't call it. And then, but they made up for it. So oh unfortunately, gosh. it canceled out. Bad calls. Yeah, if if Dragic would have been underneath the guy, he would have had to been underneath uh, Milton before the shot. <laughs> but to your point, there are two calls. One went for each team. One went against each team. I guess the Bucks got a little bit of an advantage because they got three three throws instead of two. But since they were down by three, it didn't matter. If it had been refereed the way I wanted, or the way you wanted, or the way they refereed Game Seven of the Jazz Nuggets series. The Heat would have won the game, and the Heat won the game. So. They would have won the game. That's correct. Yeah. That would have happened either way. Yeah, and they would have been up 2-0. I'm just not impressed with the Bucks whatsoever. I just haven't. Too much of a one-man show, or at least a two-man show. Yeah, I, uh, well, maybe a one-and-a-half-man show. Did you see Richard Jefferson uh, tweeted out? I saw it overnight. 
uh, earlier this morning that he basically called Antetokounmpo Pippen. Oh, really? I did yeah. not see that. No. Yeah. Go that's interesting. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pippen's not a bad guy to be by any stretch, but it's but not Pippen, Jordan. but without Jordan, Pippen went out in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, and he's you know he's a Hall of Famer and all that sure. stuff. But what he's so saying is, Campbell can be a Hall of Famer and go out in the second round of the playoffs. And it's looking like that. And I wonder how much of that is on Antetokounmpo, how much of it is on the other guys not having enough talent. But he's not playing to the level that he did a lot of the times during the NV, uh, during the regular season. See, but I wonder if that's because you get to prepare in the playoffs and of he's, it is. it's There's one guy and, yeah. and they're better at – the coaches have the plan, but the players are better at executing it. And you're playing oh, the better teams. Your numbers and go up against the lesser more. teams. Right. I yeah, think the, go ahead. the key here is there's all kinds of rumors that Antetokounmpo is going to Miami, right? And if it's not Miami, somewhere else. He's leaving Milwaukee. If he goes, some, if he goes somewhere else, that is an excellent rumor. I haven't heard it, but you know what? Start it. You just started it. You <laughs> just Fire did. it up right now. And let's get that thing going. Speak it into existence. <laughs> they can do it right him. now. You think? Per sources. <laughs> right. Yeah, the sources are me. The point is, he's not the. He doesn't have the all-around game to be the best player in the playoffs when everyone's prepped with that supporting cast. I don't think so. No. If he were a better perimeter shooter, could he carry him further? If he had better guys around him to open up the floor, but they look like they're in a lot of trouble. They're they're down two zip to Miami. And game two looked better than game one, and we've seen teams lose two and then win four in a row before. Well, plus, it doesn't matter as much because they're not going on the road. Right. But if they, get, if they get over the hump here and somehow come back and win this series, that still doesn't get them to the title, and there's bigger tests out there, we would assume. No, I don't think they're going to win the title. That's the bottom right. line. When you have the best record in the league – if you go out in the second round, it's more disappointing than going out in the third round, but ultimately it's the same thing. And we don't you think Miami's going to win the title either. So the I, thing is... I, I don't, but I think they can get to the final. Okay, but just to lose to the Lakers or the Clippers? I don't know that. I would say probably yes, but I don't know that because i got to say, Butler, he's been somewhat of a, a diva, but he darn well just might be worth it. <laughs> well, you know, I think there's a combination of things with him, and they started to have this uh, debate on the big show yesterday. Uh, yes, he's got to own some of his divaness. However, um, if you're young and you're a little immature and, and, and diva-ish at, I don't know, pick an age, 21, 22, you know, whatever, and, but you get to 24, 25, 26 – and you've matured, if you're in a better situation, whether it's better management, better teammates, and I think arguably he's got both versus what he had in Philadelphia and Minnesota. I mean, to a certain degree, Philly and Minnesota didn't flourish after him. They got worse after him. And so to a certain degree, maybe he looked around and is like, even though he doesn't know exactly how to do it right, he's still got the sense this isn't right. This is this player's carrying themselves the wrong way. These players don't get along. We're not no. And now he's in Miami with a guy who's won multiple championships with different groups of players, and they got a coach who's won a championship, and he's older and and you know just in a different place in his life. And maybe all those things. There's less divishness and more. This is really worth it. Well, that's all well and good, and I agree with all that. But he's a baller. Oh, yeah. And all that other stuff. He always has been, though. That, that doesn't changed. matter. When, uh, yeah, he always has been, but yet he was the last pick of the first round. Yeah. Uh, so these experts didn't think he was. 
Uh, and so I don't know if he, he was – maybe he always has been, but he wasn't always thought of as having been by professionals, not by young you and me, like right. me. Yeah. Uh, so he goes in. But I just think that he's a baller, and he doesn't shy away. And all that other stuff is more organizationally uh, – yep formatted i'm talking about on the floor with the ball in his hands his attitude he's taken on all comers he doesn't give a bleep he couldn't care less whether you agree with him he'll get in your face he's not political politically inclined he's the dude who would play country music in the locker room just to irritate all these guys who want to go with the music of the day and the rap stuff, and then he ends up liking country to where he's off the side of the stage during a Luke Bryant concert, and he's also doing oh, a commercial to uh, Hall & Oates now, and so he's a different cat. I don't think you can argue that, and he marches to his own drum or beat, whatever that thing is, and the fact is he is a baller, and I want ballers. And if they and if I got to put up with a little crap along the way, okay, I guess I'll do it. But I want ballers. And if I was onto Tacumbo, I would do uh, the uh, South Beach talent thing part two. Yeah. Because if I can play with a guy like Jimmy Butler, I am all for it. So we talked some NBA playoffs earlier this morning, and we got games coming up tonight. Raptors, Celtics with the Celtics up 2-0, trying to make it 3-0. That's at 4-30. Nuggets and Clippers series get started at 7 o'clock. We talked with Bowler, and he thought the same thing at Donovan Mitchell's postgame press conference that you and I thought. I was actually uh, just looking at that uh, tweet because just the way it started and got going, first off, it was a longer interview. You know, at the worst time, you've just been eliminated. He does more not less. That's impressive. But in the middle of the interview, I tweeted out, Donovan Mitchell just dropped unsalvageable, also referenced a list of all the media members picking nuggets in the jazz and using it as fuel. Good post-game interview session. Still in progress. And he went on to call himself out for the eight-second turnover to lament the missed opportunity and the blown 15-point third-quarter lead in Game 5. And he just listed, you know, and then he said, that won't happen again. I loved it. I know, right? And he said it in a really definitive tone of voice. Like, hey, when we're in a three or four, I guess it was a four-point game. When we're in a four-point game with a minute 40 to go, I'm not giving him some soft turnover. You know, we're going to win that game. And we're up 15 in the third quarter in an elimination game. We're just going to finish the series. We are not going to mess around. And, uh, yeah, I'm buying it. Listen to his tone of voice. Yeah. I mean, at that point, all you could do is have attitude. And he had plenty of attitude, and so, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it in a totally positive way. So as we go through this, I think his ceiling is higher than I thought it was. Do you think the same thing? It is. I brought up this thing about Steve Nash, mm-hmm. how I would th- I've been thinking about because we're constantly thinking about show topics, right? right? It's just it's always on your mind. What are we going to talk about? And you know, what what would the what would the listeners find interesting? It's a never ending deal. You get done with one, and then at like 10.03 today, I'll start thinking about it. Actually, I was thinking about it earlier during a commercial break about tomorrow. And uh, I'm thinking that it's funny because in my mind, not it's not necessarily the same game, but the impact that Steve Nash had on the Suns, I think Mitchell can have on the Jazz. Now, M- M- Nash didn't win a title. He didn't win the ship. 
the MVP stuff, that's sort of somewhat circumstantial because you can be the best you could possibly be and be really good, and they can vote somebody else. So I'm not really concerned about, oh, so well, Nash won two MVPs. Good on him. That's great and all. Okay, but, you but know, there's first, other team, stuff. first team All-NBA, top five in the league. That, that's what it's about, yeah. And I think right now at 23, because I can clearly say that there's no way Nash had this impact at 23. Obviously, Nash played all four years at a much smaller school at Santa Clara. And the funny thing is that they were both later picks, too. I think Nash went like 14 or 15. Yeah, he did. And, he was middle of the know, first round. Yeah, and Donovan was, what, 12 or 13, whatever he was. And that then they blossom. And if you redraft their individual drafts, obviously they go much higher. So right now, yeah. And I know it's been the Dwayne Wade comparison has been out there, and that's fine. But I'm more inclined to think of the Western Conferences uh, Western Conference teams, and I was thinking about Steve Nash, and it's so funny because then we find out out of, out of the blue, basically, he gets to be a coach, and now, of course, that's all on Twitter. I just looked about all the black guys have been passed over and white privilege, so everything is political at all times. We must have that going on, too. You know, In my mind, sure, you can argue that, but I'm, my guess is Durant probably had something to do with that. Uh, and Durant's obviously black, but nevertheless, that's getting off the track. As far as Donovan Mitchell, I think he can have that same impact, and he made, there's no doubt about it, he made two All-Stars better in Marion and Stoudemire, and I'm thinking that this young man can do this here with the Jazz. DJ and PK, we did that. We talked some football this morning as well. Riley Jensen joined us. Uh, He thinks BYU is going to beat Navy. He doesn't think Navy's Option uh, offense will be that foreign and that unusual because there's so many teams running a version of the spread option that it's not completely foreign when you got to prep for it. Um, so he's pretty upbeat on the Cougars' chances Monday night. All right, anything else you want to recap for the people, PK? Well, yeah, as far as the Cougars, and we'll get to that tomorrow. So uh, I, I, have a, I have a tremendous insight about this game, and I'll save it for tomorrow. All right. I got to make Ooh, Yuck, let's make sure. Yuck, let's make sure we're here tomorrow. That sounded good. No, we'll be here. Okay, cool. Excellent. All right, DJ and PK, Slacker Radio Headlines, brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Ryan Russell with his playing with Carl Malone. What was that like? Well, I know I felt like a player on the other team sometimes when I caught one of those elbows. <laughs> <laughs> but I would go through a forest fire with Carl Malone because I knew he would get the job done. When you got someone as as good as Carl Malone, he made me a better player. He made me run harder. He stayed on me just as much as Jerry Sloan did. And John Stock and Carl Malone and Jerry Sloan, that's the people I would want to go to war with. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. BYU would have put up a great fight, yeah, but with the Matt Bushman out, Utah would have sailed to their 10th straight victory, so it sucks that they're not playing. I think a Uger would have won the game if BYU and Utah would have played today. The Ugers, that's old school. How far back does that go, Yak? Oh, it's my early run with you guys, I think, so at least three or four uh, years. Stop your feedback, and it is brought to One you. One of your brilliant um, combination of words that you came up with. Yes. 
Brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Question of the morning, who would have won had BYU and Utah played tonight? Ella says, BYU would have won. I don't think Utah's even been practicing. They have been, though. <laughs> That's wrong. Have they been practicing 11 on 11, though? As in, have been like small group work and stuff? Yeah, but they're so good, they don't need to go 11 on 11. Oh, okay. The talent gap is so enormous. It's like me to you. Oh, you're trying to hurt me. No, no, I meant your talent is so much more superior. Oh, please. <laughs> I don't remember the Uger at all. He was talking about the Utes and the Cougars, and he said, Uger, ask your promo. I'm going to pull the promo back out and put it back in the rotation. Really? No, don't do that. It's a, no, no, dude, I got to hear no, it. I, I honestly, I do not. I usually remember it. every screw-up you've ever had. <laughs> Give me a second. I'll find <laughs> it. Hold too on. Many. You don't have that kind of memory. <laughs> I honestly do not remember it at whatsoever. No memory. It's like whap and uh, dang. (laughs) And wang. (laughs) You weren't even there for some of the screw-ups. You weren't there in the the morning and nearly killed Pace Mannion. (laughs) NASCAR, a spectacular rock. No, it was not. (laughs) Go ahead. She roots for the Ugers. She follows the Cougars. We're just wondering if there's any little future, as you almost called it, Ugers. If a Uda Cougar. Oh, we got a Uger. You just coined a new phrase. I did. Right Uger. You're on to something. I would well, trademark that immediately. I don't remember that. Yep, and it, nonetheless, there it is. It's actually not that old. Actually, it's from last year, 2019. Really? I thought it was older than that. I thought it was older it's than only that a year ago. But yeah, I mean, it could be a year and a half ago, but well, it's still. From, it's from January of 2019. So it is. It's a year and a half ago. So, uh, so better better financial future for me by trademarking Uger or Tape Measure 3? Oh, I love the Tape Measure 3, man. I think that's an awesome phrase. All right. You're combining sports. The tape measure home run and then the Damian Lillard logo three. That's a tape right, measure three. Absolutely. I, in fact, I've never heard anybody say tape measure three. I think that's an awesome <laughs> to description, a description of way out there. Especially since the Blazers broadcasters were, that's a 30-footer. That's a 36-footer. That's yeah. a 42-footer. You know. You don't really know for sure, so you got to get the tape measure. It's a, it amazes me when they do that on golf. They'll show you the guy will be on the green, and they'll put up a graphic. That's a 62.3-inch uh, hmm. putt. How do they know that so instantly? I think they've got GPS. Them. I think they've got like, the they got all greens mapped. are all mapped out. Yeah, and so, I think they figure it out while the guys are walking up to the green. They already know how long each putt is. Yeah. And I still find it amazing, the technology. Yeah, yeah well, Yach, use it. you use GPS on your phone, right, on the golf course? Yeah, I was telling you Yeah, that, I've seen that. You can yeah. do that anytime. You can just they've gotten really that. good. These courses yeah, are all mapped can... out. It'll tell you exactly where you need to hit it to whatever right. part of the green you want to get it to. If only I was capable of doing that. <laughs> we'll get you there. <laughs> okay, good. There's some oh, heavy, yeah, yeah. Some heavy you know, lifting I, to be done. I, I've been thinking about your golf game there. The promise is there. You didn't play as well as yesterday as you did the last time I was with you, but you ended up with that chip shot on nine. That was really impressive. You're you're on the cusp, <laughs> on the brink, of really making significant improvement. Thank you, Gordon. We, we got to get you some more some more updated equipment. Yes. And PK had a great line on the golf course. Play a few times. It was my expense, but it was hilarious. He goes, "You walk past my bag, you're like Sam Snead thinks you have old equipment." <laughs> that was yes. good, that was a good line. 
Yes, All right, we got updated. We got in with one good line here on Twitter about the BYU game. This is such a youth thing to say. I don't even need to click on this person. Jay Walter Weatherman and 100 others. Who's going to win the BYU-Utah game if it had been played? Dude, BYU had already chalked up hypothetical wins versus Utah, Bama, Mizzou, Michigan State. Undefeated. <laughs> of course. Why not? You're a fan. Do it. Who cares? That's part of being a fan. Be ridiculous and be oh, type man. of uh, just far-fetched in your ideas. If you, I don't understand being a fan and thinking, oh, we're going to lose. We suck. What's the point of being a fan, then? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's a pretty miserable life. Yeah. Think big, and then if they pull it off, celebrate, and if they lose, ah, well, that sucked on the next thing. Vegas Ute. Every Ute knows, every Ute fan knows they can never beat BYU in games that aren't played. (laughs) There you go. That's pretty funny. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, we're all done. Hands and Scotty are coming up next. PK's got something awesome for you tomorrow, and he hasn't even told Yak and I what it is. But we're going to trust him on this, and we'll see you tomorrow from 6 to 10 on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.